0: I'm <laughs> going
1: An impressive, impressive win on this Wednesday night as the 76ers take down the top team in the NBA, best record overall at 20-6, and six, downing them in South Philadelphia on this Wednesday night. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers post-game show alongside Derek Bodner. I'm Devon Givens. Kyle Newbeck, live from the arena. He will join us a little bit later. Give us his thoughts as the Sixers bounce back after a tough loss on Monday of this three-game homestand. Take game two, one more at home on Friday, hosting hosting the Toronto Raptors but jumping in on this one the best team with the best record in the NBA coming into tonight's game now 20 and 6 after this loss Sixers 19 and 8 a very very good win as Joel Embiid tops 51 points he got a uh, a bucket late after he missed a free throw an offensive rebound by the Sixers allowing him to hit a jumper a short jumper to cross that 50 point threshold Tyrese Maxey phenomenal as good as Joel Embiid was tonight i think a lot a lot of praise should go to Tyrese Maxey tonight for the job that he did where i thought the defense from minnesota was really strong on him early on and yep. once again he figured it out he finished with 35 points on 12 for 24 shooting dropping in five three-pointers six free throws turning the ball over five times but we don't see that a lot but again that defense was after him early on with those guys having that length on him from McDaniels to Troy Brown and Mike Conley just being a smart one. Anthony Edwards as well. A very, very, very good win for this basketball team. 86 points combined for their two stars. Joel Embiid calling Tyrese Maxey as we were watching the television broadcast should be the all-star starter. It's going to be hard to keep him off that, that team. I've said a lot already as we've gotten started. We want to hear from you throughout the show during the chat, of course. And I got to go to my man on my left here, Derek Bodner. Derek, a very good win tonight. Well,
0: you had to go to me at some point. That was a two-minute monologue to start I'm sorry, the show, man. I'm my man. I'm sorry, man. Hey. No, look, this was one of the – like, if you're looking – and I, th- I think we tend to overreact to game-to-game stuff. Every time they struggle against a good team, we see people – online on twitter in the comment section overreacting i think you can overreact to a win but if you want to talk about one win where you have a chance to really inspire confidence for your team to come out and show your fans what they are capable of and look you mentioned it i think it's second game in a row where nobody else other than amita maxi reached double figures that's fine because what you want to see is that your two stars your two tentpole franchise players are able to dominate against the toughest competition in the league. And this is a team, you mentioned their record, but defensively, they are f- so far out ahead of everyone else in terms of net rating, in terms of impact, in terms of versatility. This is as dominant of a defense as there is in the NBA. This is a theoretically tough matchup for the Sixers because they have Rudy Gobert to anchor it, because they have Jaden McDaniels there to throw length at Tyrese Maxey. He's just an incredible option to have for a team like the Wolves who can throw someone that big who can credibly defend Tyrese Maxey and stay with him on a perimeter. That is as tough of a pick and roll tandem as you're going to get and your two franchise guys, your two people that you're looking towards in order to make you relevant as a contender come out and drop 86 points on them on what maybe like 49 shots it was an incredible display of efficiency you had Embiid carrying them in the first half you had Tyrese Maxey come out with I think 10 points in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter as the Sixers were looking to extend the lead with Embiid on the bench you had both of your two super your two franchise players your superstar and your other could be superstar would be superstar come out and give you a display that has to inspire confidence and like I said I think we can make too much out of single games Every single game in the NBA is borderline worthless. They're one of 82. I believe that thoroughly, but this shows you what they're capable of. And it was, I mean, it might be the most exciting game they've played this year. Not necessarily because it was down to the wire, not necessarily because it was back and forth, but just because of what your two stars showed you.
1: Well, I agree with you 100%, and we've seen this from Joel Embiid a number of times, so this is not new. And listen, we've also seen this from Tyrese Maxey as well, but as we talked about him on on Monday after the tough loss to Chicago, it was different. It wasn't length. It was maybe more physicality with the smaller guards in terms of looking at Alex Caruso, Javon Carter, et cetera, for what they were able to do, bodying him up, making it really difficult, fighting over those screens to take away his driving lanes, not make allowing him the comfortability there, not allowing him to set his feet behind the three point line, no matter the distance, so he can get that shot off tonight early on same thing. He's picking his spots, picking and choosing how this is going to go. And once he figured it out in the second quarter, he erupted for 17 in the second, allowing the Sixers to have a four-point lead, where it really looked like the way that Anthony Edwards and Carl anthony Towns were playing in that second quarter, that, ah, this might be a tough one, because you could already get the sense that the other Sixers were having a, 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 another difficult yeah. shooting night. So... What do you need? You need your two best to do what they did tonight. And I already saw that we had a super chat to to your point about Tyrese Maxey. I brought it up as well as we opened things up. Ernest Peterson laying out that the biggest takeaway is Maxey's 35. Sure. Not a single easy bucket against some trees and a gamer in McDaniels. And by the way, I didn't expect... McDaniels to score the way he did no. in that first half. where he That was, was
0: maybe the best game of his career he offensively. He was cooking yeah. them.
1: And this was like his first fifth game back uh, from injury. And I had written that down in my notes because it was the first thing that I noticed that what they did, Chris Finch, you talked about him the other day of how good of a coach he was. And I was saying I was more reluctant when they made the hire from afar. The guy's a good coach. But I like what they did defensively, throwing that length of McDaniels on Tyrese Maxey early to try to take away from getting into their offensive sets. And when they're in the offensive sets and the ball goes to Embiid, you still have Rudy Gobert, arguably, again, one of the best defenders right in the league uh, at that big man position. But Tyrese Maxey, as we talk about his growth, can he be this second star? Can he do this in a postseason? This doesn't necessarily answer the question. But what it does do is give us, again, another glimpse, another another example of why many of us do feel like he can be that guy. It doesn't take away from what you may want later on as we get closer to the deadline, but he just did that against a perimeter defender that many believe is the best in the league. That's an all-NBA defender who's very good at the point of attack on ball and as a help man as well. Has the length over a shorter Tyrese Maxey. And Maxey figured it out once again against Anthony Edwards, who has gotten much better at defensive his defensive play. And that's just... The want to. He wants to play defense, and he is showing how good he is. And it's crazy that we're talking about a 35-point performance as he shot 50% from the floor yeah. when the best player in the league gave you 51 tonight, but it stands out more for what he did against this team because we already have answers about Joel Embiid. We're still, as much praise as we give Tyrese Maxey, we are still searching for some answers as we wonder how good can he be. We already figured out that he can be an all-star in this league, maybe an all-NBA guard. He has a lot of work to do. We talked about it on our Reading Terminal show yesterday of who he's going against in the Eastern Conference. But the way that he played tonight against that defense, figuring it out, and not only... The outside shooting, there was a play. There were two plays, back to back possessions for Maxie and the Sixers, where he drove to the basket. Rudy Gobert was in foul trouble all evening long. He picked up a quick one, less than a minute to start the game, and then Joel and had them got all him.
0: on foul trouble, man. They all it had was two quick fouls. All yep. the
1: time, right? But for me, I saw a good drive, one good drive that we saw, two actually, from Tobias Harris in the third quarter where he drove where he became the dribble handoff man with MB, the dribble handoff partner. He drove, got a dump, and then he drove another and made another good play at the rim, and Rudy Gobert couldn't contest because he was already in foul trouble, and if he did, yep. he was gonna be out. So, great job, right? Well, in the fourth quarter, while Rudy Gobert was still out there, Maxey had a great play, he did a great job of probing, probing, and using that speed, bang, we talk about it. He, he can control his body. This is not Tony Roten, but we've also seen where Maxi sometimes <laughs> and is going too fast. <laughs> and he cannot you know, make those adjustments, necessary adjustments that he needs to make. So what he did was he drove, saw how it was, saw everything open up because Embiid set a great sc- screen, and now he uses the speed, but also tamed it a little bit, he took his foot off the gas, and then accelerated again while Gobert had his back turned, so he rode up his back. And as Gobert turned around, he then had a great layup finish under the arms of Gobert, not allowing him to block the play. And then he has, had another one. On the very next possession, that was an and one, and he got animated with the crowd, made the free throw, pushed the lead to 14, 110-96. And I just thought, when we talk about closing, yes, oftentimes when we talk about having a closer, Derek, it is often speaking about, can you hit a shot when it's 99-99 to walk off the game? But it's also when the game is a nine-point or eight-point game, and you can get an and one to push it to 11. Because of the play Mm -hmm. that you just made and you just basically the the team now the opponent is demoralized from what you just did and i thought that's why as we start things off and we'll have plenty of time to talk about joel and b because we always do maxi was phenomenal tonight 12 of 24 five from 11 from beyond that's two straight games now where he's made five three pointers against the bulls where he couldn't figure it out very early figured it out late he figured it out faster in this Minnesota game, yeah. where the second quarter became his with that seventeen.
0: No, and that to me really is as great as Joel Embiid's fifty-one and twelve is, and obviously that's a phenomenal game, especially when you're going up against a multi-time defensive player of the year and a team with the best defense in the league. But Maxi is almost always the focus because Maxi is what's different, and to watch him, like you said, to make that adjustment to come out and I don't want to say he struggled necessarily in the first quarter, but he wasn't his, he wasn't really putting an imprint on the game the way he was. And this is a couple games in a row now where he might struggle early on against different kind of defenses but good defenses and find a way to find success against Jaden McDaniels, against Alex Caruso late when you really need him. And like I said, that six-minute stretch in the first quarter is maybe the most, the, the key part of the game for me because they were able to extend the lead with them beat on the bench and Tyrese Maxey cooking. And you got some good plays from other people. I thought Paul Reed, who has struggled, I think, a lot recently, I thought he was real good in that stretch. A couple good offensive rebounds, a nice uh, bounce pass to Maxey uh, when he was cutting the basket. But that was a Tyrese Maxey-led group. Maxey got 10 of those points and he was finding ways to score. I'm glad you brought up that play where he went at Gobert and adjusted like that. That is the kind of play where there aren't very many people who have the kind of body control and touch to be able to pull that off, and he just found ways to score against a really tough matchup, and he's been doing that pretty consistently, and, yeah, he has his off nights, and he had a couple games there where his jumper was off from the perimeter and people sort of panicked. Well, now he's third game in a row, five threes, hitting some deep threes, off pull-ups, off running off of screens he's just a really 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 good basketball player you know he, he likes a joke that when he's asked about Joel Embiid he just says Joel Embiid's really good at basketball I'm starting to get to the point where it's just my analysis is hey Tyrese Maxey's really good at basketball
1: He's really good at basketball. He, he really is. And uh, to, to see that again, 35, just to give everybody the numbers, we'll get to your chats and all of that as we have plenty of time. Kyle will join us later. 35, uh, he had 12 three-point attempts. Pardon me, I said 11. Five for 12, made six free throws on the night, had five assists, four personal fouls there for him, the five turnovers. And again, They gave him a little bit of trouble early, but he figured it out, and and that's what you want to see, because when you are one of the focal points, what are they going to do? They're going to find you. They're going to find ways to try to take you away. You are now on that scattering report where you are number two on that whiteboard. There's no more James Harden, and you are number two on that whiteboard where Everybody is going to vote. Joel Embiid is going to get the big guy on the other side. You're going to get the number one perimeter defender. And that's what he got tonight in Jalen McDaniels. And I, I thought he responded to that challenge. Jaden McDaniels, he responded to that challenge very, very well. And I like what I saw from Tyrese Maxey here tonight. I would like to see that going forward. It was a phenomenal performance. It doesn't have to be in the form of 35. We all know that. It's just more of that body control, picking and choosing his spots accelerating decelerating when he needs to I saw some people saying not with um, don't speak ill of Tony Roten I will always speak ill of Tony <laughs> Roten because I couldn't stand that Tony Roten you know, it's run. funny
0: there's so many people in the fan base who <laughs> loved him I think in part because he was entertaining at a time where the he they wasn't entertaining something. he wasn't entertaining to me man I'm glad there was somebody else on my side uh,
1: that, again I called him 100 miles and running and he did not know how to stop with that 100 and you better have your hands ready in that 10th row because boy that thing was coming in hot <laughs> yeah. because he could not finish a pass uh kudos to him for coming up with the nickname and all that stuff people yep. don't really realize that was tony Roden. Yep. Uh, but no,
0: I like the fact that, that was about an Maxine. injury, right? Yeah, he was talking about coming back from an injury, and you just got to trust the process. And exactly. Obviously, Spike and 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 Mike ran with it, uh, and and the Ricky ran with it, and the fans embraced it, and then Joel embraced it, and it's really grown since then. But yeah, he was the he was the starter of it. Yeah, uh, him and Pop. I think it was Pablo Torre mentioned it in an article. I think that's where it came from. ESPN. Yeah, you're
1: absolutely okay. right. Yep. Yep, um, so I just saw one uh, on the chat there. Can you go back down really fast there, Bree? And uh, right there, Eddie Somerset says, Devon, give it up, fam, nobody is asking. Um, uh, he says, the, is Maxi a number two anymore? He's legit, they need help, uh, but for sure um, he's the number two. Well, here's, here's, here's what we disagree. So
0: here's what you I'll go say to this, yeah. there are gonna be people who are gonna ask and question that, until the very moment he does it in the playoffs. Because it's one thing to do it against great defense, and that's, like I said, a great sign. It is still only one game. The great coaches, the great teams are going to find ways to adjust. The scheme you see in game one is going to be, there's going to be three or four more by the end of the series, especially when you're number one or number two on a scouting report. You have to see him adjust. It's clear he has the skills. It's clear he has the talent. I think he's shown that throughout the season. I think he showed that tonight. Can he make the adjustments on the fly in the playoffs against the elite of the elite of the elite? That's the next question. And unfortunately, that's something where we're not going to have any chance to really answer that question until the playoffs.
1: And Eddie, look, I, and don't, that's, that's not, I think he's a clear-cut number two like you, Eddie. We just have to see it in the postseason. That's not taking well, anything away from him. And even my question And those there, questions are there from many people, Eddie, trust me.
0: My question there isn't, can he be a number two? It's can he be a number two in the playoffs at 23? That's the kind of thing where experience helps you adjust on the fly. We are asking him to do something that's pretty tough for a 23-year-old. I think he clearly has the talent. I think that's been obvious pretty much all season. It's just he's got to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. That's the only question I think you can realistically have at this point. I think it's a fair question just because we've never seen it. But on talent, yes, he's a number two.
1: Yeah, and Eddie says, he, you know, he continues to saying, man, Maxi, you know, Ain't nobody questioning Maxie no more. I'm telling you, Ed. They are <laughs> Derek. Back me up on this, people. Not the not that he's not the number two. Again, we just explained it. We know he's the number two, but it's the number two to do this for a contending team. I agree with you. I want no problems. I don't want any beef. I'm with you. Happy holidays. I'm just simply saying <laughs> that that's where people are. We agree with you, and it's just more of the questioning. The way, can he do it in the postseason? That's especially all when we talk about other
0: fans. People enjoy being skeptics. Yes. And I don't even mean that, like, disrespectfully, because, quite frankly, skeptics are usually going to be right. Like, when you're talking about winning a championship, by definition, 29 teams are going to fail. So I think when people are skeptics, and I'm a skeptic at times as well, I don't mean it in any kind of malintent. It's just, as an analyst, you have to look for what needs to improve, what needs to get better. So, yes, will people question it? Sure. In part because he hasn't done it in the playoffs. It's the first time he's really been asked to perform this role. And in part because people are just skeptics until they see it. But I think, like I said, the way I would answer it, it's quite clear he has a talent. Just is he ready to make that adjustment on the fly?
1: Absolutely. And we have a lot to get into, including Joel Embiid with the 51. Ho-hum, no big deal. He drops 51. We have questions about why are these other players not scoring in double figures? Is it a a, a proponent of what they're doing as an offense or Is it more of those guys? As we talk about the trade deadline, you need that other player to come in to be that double-figure scorer because, quite honestly, I thought tonight it would be Kelly Oubre. Without a question, I was a little disappointed that he only attempted on the night overall because the ball did touch his hands a lot. Only six shots. You like that he's not forcing shots, but I would like for him in the starting role over Batum to find those other shots when we know that he is a shot finder, shot seeker, and take some of those shots. But we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. We might even debut. You'd
0: say he would like to be more, you would like him to be more of a factor? A little bit. A little bit tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Trying to lead you in your first ad read.
1: I I appreciate that (laughs) with that factor. And as you do lead us into that perfect, perfect segue to our ad read, we got to talk about factor. Meal Kits, how about that? Yes, listen, we work late nights and I've been working late nights for a long time, a very long time, and my eating habits are pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I know my frame may not say so, but it's pretty bad. (laughs) It's pretty bad the things I eat at night. Why? I want to freaking
0: hear it, man. I don't want to hear
1: it. Well, I got to tell you about our good friends, our new, new partner at Factor Meal Kits. The bustling holiday season is one of them. Not just us working late nights, but also the holiday season where you're running, you're getting those gifts, you get home late, you got to feed the family. You might be looking for nutritious, flavorless meals, uh, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. (laughs) Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery delivery service. And by the way, they are flavorful. It can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You don't have to Go anywhere, Dave, right to your door, put them in the freezer, you're all good. You'll save time, stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking and tackling all the things that you do during the holidays, all the dues. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season for Factor. Skip the hassle of meal prep and get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. If you're in that microwave society, two minutes. That's how you hear it in the arena also at the two minute right there. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Treat yourself to high quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35 plus chef created meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's, uh calorie smart vegan and veggie protein plus and more wholesome options looking for calorie conscious options over the holiday that don't skimp on flavor well we have it for you try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving or you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays Try the Protein Plus Meals with 30 grams of protein or more per saving. Head to Factormeals.com Sixers50 and use a code again, Sixers50, to get 50% off. The code, once again, Sixers50 at Factormeals.com Sixers50 to get 50% off.
0: Gotta say, Devon, man. Might have had a turnover or two at the beginning of that ad read, but by the end, you were draining threes like Tyrese (laughs) Maxey also want to tell you about Game Time because you are going to want to get down there see Joel Embiid, see Tyrese Maxey and friends buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. With Game Time, you get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set with tickets sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: So I see Tafk Yam says Devon was a scarecrow understudy in the Broadway production <laughs> of The Wiz because because I'm so skinny. Hey man, what can I tell you? You know, I can still eat better. Even though, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thin. But I appreciate it. I, hey, and by the way, I'm all for the jokes, man. Complaining about his diet. I'm, I'm all good, man. It's all good. I, I got to complain about my diet.
0: We've got uh, Devon. Late nights, man. Come Devon on. Devon in the chat asking why Maxi being a number two is in question when Ant isn't with less playoff experience and the same age. Well, I think. Well, he's things. the
1: number one.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, he is <laughs> number one. But also, I just think Minnesota's expectations for this year aren't as high. And also, you're not living in Minnesota and... Frankly, Minnesota sports teams or sports fans probably don't obsess over their teams like we do here in Philly. I think expectations are probably just high. There's more scrutiny, more eyeballs, uh, and like I said, because of Embiid and the timeline he's on, there's probably a little more pressure right now. Whereas Ant, I think people, if they go and have like let's say a second round flameout, they'll probably be happy because he's growing into something bigger. He's so young, he has so much rope ahead of, or highway ahead of him. Whereas Maxi, it's like you want to win with Embiid right now. So I think the pressure is just a little bit different. Um, but I think if you were sitting down and analyzing the Wolves, you'd probably go, like, yeah, they're 17th-ranked offense. I have a little concern whether or not they can execute in the uh, in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's accelerated to where he's gotten so much better, and his ascent is crazy.
0: And there's just a little bit where, like, Maxi is a short guard, and it is yes. tougher for them. Like, Ant can just rise up and shoot over you at times, and Maxie doesn't really have that luxury. He has to create that space. It just gets a little bit tougher in the playoffs. I think there is, like, that kind of archetype is – tough, and until you see them exceed in the playoffs for an extended run, like I said, there's going to be a little more skepticism than maybe someone built like Ant Edwards
1: and we appreciate that Davon and uh, we get to another Bernard asks fellas when it's all said and done and B will be a top 20 player all time I just want him to be healthy and clutch in the end and Bernard that's one thing that when we talked about how great Joel Embiid has been so far this season and we got into the MVP conversation uh, on yesterday's show if you didn't catch it writing terminal make sure after we're done here you can go back and check it out uh, again on our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you get your podcast The one thing that Derek has talked about is just wanting to see a healthy Embiid in the playoffs. No broken nose, no broken thumb. Eye socket blown up. Yeah, eye socket all blown. No knee problem, anything. A healthy Embiid where we're not giving a caveat to how things played out, just simply pointing out, hey, he didn't have it, and here's why, and we discuss it. If he is healthy in the playoffs, I think a lot of people would really give the Sixers, depending on the matchup also, a really good chance to advance in the next round from the first and we'll see about the second to the Eastern Conference Finals but Bernard we agree with you he is a very very good player he is arguably you know one of the best big men of all time already it's just a matter of where will he be a top 20 I don't know Hall of Fame conversation that's already there we get it the guy's tremendous yep. He had 51 tonight Derek and there were some frustrating possessions <laughs> even with the 51 where uh, you could pass the ball right there, Joel. Somebody, I saw Kelly d- Oubre was like so throwing a party in the corner. I didn't see that. You were in the arena and you yeah. said that on Twitter. You needed a clip of that. He was like that. kneeling down and it.
0: slapping the ground. He started jogging yeah. back before Embiid even shot the ball. He was very frustrated in that moment. It was and and that is frustrating so to watch and that at didn't times. show up on TV.
1: I didn't see okay. it. I okay. didn't see it. And then there was another In the one. comments,
0: let me know if that showed up on TV because I've been dying to see a clip. Okay. Uh, he was he was beside himself that he was And he should have
1: been if he was wide open because we've seen he it. Was Daniel wide House open. Had, a, had one in the third, I think it was the second or the third quarter where he was wide open and Embiid had two men around him because his man sagged off. All right. And he sagged off, free throw line extended right there for that. So he had the vision to just simply drill the pass to the corner to allow him to shoot the three-pointer. Sometimes Embiid doesn't trust his teammates. That part I don't like. And you know, he, like if it's Maxi, he's throwing it to Maxi because he trusts Tyrese Maxi. He will throw it to George Niang the two seasons before because he trusts him when he passes him the ball to shoot the rock from the corner. I'm guessing he believes that, hey man, this shot right here is a better shot than me passing it to one of these cats in the corner. I disagree. Right. Uh, If you make the open pass, you make the right pass. He talked about uh, we saw the thing where you guys mentioned, you know, the straw poll that you and Kyle participated in for the MVP with with uh, Tim Bontemps. And the one thing he says is he doesn't like right. He likes the ball movement. He doesn't like the ball sticking. Well, it's tough when you hear a quote come out like that. And you do that, (laughs) where Kelly Oubre is jumping up and down, waving his arms, and the same for Daniel House right there. And I believe Marcus Morris also had one where he didn't receive the pass. So we're picking, but those things mean a lot in big games where that doesn't happen, you know we highlight it and we come back to that later. So we didn't want to ignore it because we saw it happen. And
0: to be clear, like when I say like, like, Kelly was demonstrative in the corner because he didn't get the pass. I don't think there's, like, any ill will or he was angry at him. He was, like, Kelly's demonstrative in everything he does. He makes a three, he blows a kiss. He yes. does, like, he's just an yeah. expressive guy. Um, but I do agree with you. You would like to see more of those passes made, not just because you want to get your teammates involved, but because it makes Joel Embiid's life easier if, if the other team isn't so willing to help off of his teammates and the role players. But... When you're cooking to the tune of, you know, 51 points on 26 shots or whatever it is, like you understand why he's going to keep going back, especially because that mid range jumper, that elbow jumper was automatic again. And they just kept giving it to him over and over and over again. At some point, it's like, hey, why don't you double team and just get the ball out of Embiid's hands? And they were sending soft doubles pretty much the entire night. Right. Well, that shot was a layup for him. It's been a layup for him almost all season. I know I checked recently both between 10, on shots between 10 and 6, 15 feet, and between 16 feet and a three-point line. and Embiid was at a career high both in both of those spots. And when you're not really sending junk defenses at his way, he's just going to take them, and he's going to make them, and it's going to be at a percentage that you can't live with, and that was, again, the way tonight. He scored 51 points on 25 field goal attempts. Part of that is the fact that he got the free throw line 18 times and Phew. the dude doesn't miss. And part of that is because those those freaking mid-range jumpers were layups. And then when they, they did start actually closing out on him, he was taking them off the dribble. I think he had three dunks today. He came into the season and only, had, I think, 12 dunks in 21 appearances uh, before this game. I think he had three tonight. Just a very good overall game from Bede. You don't want to criticize him too much. You would have liked to see a pass or two here and there, not just to get his, his teammates going, but to keep the defense honest. That's fair, but he was freaking brilliant against a incredibly tough matchup
1: yeah he, he absolutely was and again 51 is 50 we just we opened the show talking about how impressive both he and maxi were combined 86 points 51 35 for those two great just those things mean something especially to your teammates who are always willing to do the extra work for you when you know you're going to make get that extra pass there could be some more cutting from time to time but when they're wide open in the corner like that just pass the ball to them and allow them to shoot the ball and if they make it as Derek said, it makes your life that much easier when you do that. By the way, Money Mars said, man, F them teammates. <laughs> shoot the ball, Joel, because just shoot the rock. As you said, he was rolling. No need to pass the ball. He's rolling. And they were soft double teams. They, were, they weren't attacking him hard there at that no, elbow they extended. They were... Coming over to him, and when we say that, it's because he was still able to rise up very easily to get those shots off. It's a, It looks like a tough shot because it is a tough shot, but it's one that they practice. He practiced it in offseason. He practiced it during the season. He practices it pregame yep. when he's doing that work there at the arena, and that's a regular shot from him. Just from the aesthetics of it all and watching it and for what it would mean more so in that locker room with his teammates and the trust overall that he talks about with his guys, making that pass will go a long way, a long way when he does that with those guys. But, but he was phenomenal. He was absolutely brilliant tonight once again, shooting at a very high clip and doing so and, and just punishing him. You talked about the dunks, man. The baseline dunk was very good against Nasri. I think he went, I think it was Nasri, back to the basket, quick spin, go to reverse layup, yep. I mean reverse dunk. That's the one, That's that the was one more, where he came
0: down a little bit on his yeah, ankle, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: the the one I, I love the most is when he went down the lane. And yeah. oftentimes we see it because he's trying to rip the rim down and he really tried to rip it down again. This one he made, and it was no doubt about it when he made that move that he was going to go up and try to finish that. And I, I love his defensive uh, effort. He got he got hit for a couple of and ones so what when you're a big man and you at- and you attempt to defend your paint and your rim that's going to happen you want that to happen sometimes and i even love when anthony edwards tried to dunk on him i personally thought anthony edwards was going to finish it on him yeah. he got his he he brought his well, left arm down a little bit which if he had kept it up I would agree that there was a no-call. He brought it down a little bit. I think that was a foul. Anthony Edwards got a technical on that one. It was a no-call in terms of that. But, again, he's protecting his paint. He's protecting the rim. He's the back line of defense. He's that last line of defense. I love what he did there defensively also.
0: No, and so many centers would just opt out of even contesting that shot because that would have been a poster if Edwards would have converted on it. For him to go up there, challenge it, Um, At least credibly defend it without fouling. Like you said, it might have been questionable. I'm just glad for the attempt. I really appreciate that. And that was coming off of, you know, that was a, 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 Ant had a head of steam built up. Like that was off of a cut. It wasn't even off the dribble. So he had a chance to really load up and try to throw it down. I thought he was finishing that one. That was a real good, real good series of events. Yeah. All right. We want to tell you about our next partner, which is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. You know, like Devon was mentioning, our diets aren't necessarily great. I specifically tend to be very rushed in the morning, wake up late, I'm slow to get going, and my diet tends to suffer as a result. Breakfast is easily my least nutritious meal of the day, so we've added AG1 to my morning routine so I make sure I get the the macronutrients I need to kick my day off right and make me feel like I have everything I need to cover my nutritional basis and win the day. Devon and I are around athletes a lot, and one thing all great athletes have in common is they take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1, which is why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first, per- with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash phly That's drinkag1.com slash phly sixers Check it out.
1: All right, we got to talk about the supporting cast um, if, if they were supporting uh, tonight. Well, they did because defensively they did stuff. They passed mm-hmm. the ball also. Um, so and I want to talk about obviously
0: s- very shorthanded, you know, you didn't yes. have Robert Covington. You didn't have Nick Batum and you lost um, D'Anthony Melton you lost the D'Anthony game. Melton with a uh, what was that officially? I tweeted out. Um, he banged knees
1: uh, with yeah. uh, I can't remember who the player was. He banged knees with, uh, but he exited the uh, game in the second quarter, never returned yep. And Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly got the start in the third quarter, right? Coming out of the locker yes. room, he got the yes start in did. the third quarter. I didn't think those minutes were great, but that's where I wanted to start. Number one, D'Anthony Melton's A injury. left thigh contusion. Left eye contusion. Yep. Painful. Uh, glad, I'm sure they're glad. But they have with the, the day way it tomorrow. looked,
0: like it looked like it could have been worse. Like Whenever a hyper- you bang knees, yeah. you're you're really worried. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, when I tore my, as you know, I tore my ACL five years ago. When I did that, bang knees, yep. <laughs> right? Wasn't you know the non contact thing where everybody's worried about? Yep. No, someone banged into my knee, and that's how my I tore my ACL. So, uh, first the Melton thing, tough blow. Uh, it's a close game. You have your perimeter guys, and and Anthony Edwards on the other side. And certainly with Mike Conley, who you know can get it going, even at this age, as many years as he's been in the league, he's still very, very productive and running that team, knows his role, does some really good yep. things. And losing someone like DeAnthony Melton, when you really don't have that perimeter defender outside of Patrick Beverly to come in and be that type of player, you, you knew that that was going to be a tough loss. They were able to overcome it, but it's certainly something that we're going to watch for with a contusion over the next couple of, of days they have a day off. They have the weekend off until Monday with the Christmas Day game against Miami Heat, My uh, the Christmas night game against the Miami Heat. Tough injury, though.
0: Yeah, and now you've got, um, you know, you've got Batum with the hamstring. You've got Melton now with the thigh contusion. You don't know how long I, any of them are going to linger. We'll have a chance to ask Kyle about that here hopefully pretty soon. But those are two, I mean, obviously they're starters. Those are two very key members of your rotation. I know Melton's been struggling a little bit, but you need him on both sides of the floor. You need him for the catch and shoot shots. You need him defensively. And Batum has been just absolutely a, a perfect fit. Uh, the Sixers starting five with Batum is, I think the best high minute lineup in the league so far this year. Uh, it's a pretty low sample because of the trade and Batum's inavailability. but so far in what sample they have had, they've been killing teams. You want to see them get back. Uh, and you did ask, you know, Kelly, do step into a starting role. Now you go, like, obviously, I don't think any of us necessarily, and Pat Bev's been great. I don't think any of us necessarily envision that as a, an ideal starting option as a two guard. So hopefully this is short term, but we do need to get more information.
1: Chill guy um, says, how long is Batum out? It's tough with hammies because you don't want to play with them. Yeah. He's an older player also. He's not a younger player. So you want to make sure you give him the right amount of time. You go based on how he feels, if he's feeling like he's good to go. That I'm sure they'll give him the green light. However, they'll probably take as much time as needed to make sure that he is right before he steps back on the you floor. You would say, I
0: mean, he was questionable coming in today's yeah, game, so he so,
1: may be able to go on Friday. Yeah, if
0: it was just if you were expecting this to be weeks, he probably just would have been out. You mm-hmm. would assume. Uh, but again, we will talk to Kyle and get a better sense of that. Yeah, sometime and, here in the next. And second. even if
1: it's not right by Friday, and they give him the extra few days over the weekend for the Christmas night game in Miami then maybe that's something that yeah. they look for. They feel like they can sure. beat Toronto without him. Covington may be back with his illness, then they they may feel much better. Getting uh, to get the, some of the others that did play, I'll start with the guys who I thought looked pretty good. As I mentioned, Pat Beverly, early on, you can see he didn't have the legs like he has had with his three-point shot finishing. They were short, you could see it. And it was like, okay, it might be one of those just off nights for Patrick Beverly. But after he sat down starting that second half, came back in when Embiid was off the floor. No, pardon uh, me, when, Tyree, when he stepped for Tyrese Maxey later in that quarter, I thought he was really good because what he didn't do, number one, was he was running the pick and roll very well. He didn't defer to Embiid every time. He recognized as a point guard, as a veteran point guard, how much attention Embiid was drawing. He has seen that so far as a teammate this season. He saw it while they were in-game recognizing it, sitting on the bench and seeing how it was going, and he went to the rim trying to get the floater, getting the layup off the glass. He missed one layup. I thought it was a good opportunity, though. Scoop shot and all. And he also had two very good passes to K.J. Martin, who got extended minutes tonight because of those injuries that we were talking about. And he actually looked good in those minutes out there. So I thought... In that time where Tyrese Maxey was off the floor, K.J. Martin getting those minutes, but most importantly, seeing Patrick Beverly run the team, quarterback the team the way that he needed to to make sure that things did not get out of hand while Maxey was on the bench playing with Embiid, Mm -hmm. I thought Patrick Beverly, Derek, was really good tonight, especially in the second half.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was.
1: K.J. Martin, what do you think about that, getting the nod, getting some of those minutes? He looked fine. He had one defensive play where I thought he was a little slow. And yep. they went baseline and they, they got him on the baseline. And that's but really
0: what it is because you look at him and you're like, he has all the tools to be a, uh, like a physical profile to be a impact defender yes. right now. You need to speed up the decision-making and it's exactly plays like that, that I think showcase that.
1: Yeah. And again, on the offensive end, He's pretty much heavily relying on everybody else to get him the basketball to finish, and Patrick Beverly did that. He set him up perfectly for those two baseline opportunities, one dunk attempt where he was fouled, made one free throw. The next one that Patrick Beverly hit him for, he got a layup at the front of the rim, again baseline, but he took it to the front of the rim instead of trying to dunk it, finishing Uh, layup getting those three points thought they were positive minutes overall and they had to be creative with how the lineup was going to go we saw Daniel House we talked about him Marcus Morris we didn't mention Uh, we probably we might I guess when Kyle gets on we'll have our first Marcus Marcus Morris moment of the night as part of our show on game nights so we'll we'll get that a little bit later see if we can get Derek in there
0: (laughs) I do want to say that um, I want to correct one thing Nico Batum was listed as out in the morning's injury report. Okay. So he, wa- he wasn't questionable. He was out okay. right from the jump.
1: Okay. All yeah. right. So we'll see. Again, we'll keep monitoring that. But Marcus Mars tonight uh, thought he was just, he was good with the minutes that he was out there. He was fine. He didn't, he didn't do overdo anything, anything. Excel like
0: He had that one stretch where he had the steal, then went down on the other end, hit the corner three. Outside of that, he was pretty invisible. Yeah. Um, but that's, honestly, that's like he didn't stand out offensively, but he also didn't stand out defensively, which is a, a, a good sign he was fine he was in a game where they needed him to be fine he was fine
1: yeah he was he was fine thank you yeah he was absolutely fine
0: (laughs) like I said my 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 concerns are always going to come down to on the defensive side of the court uh he didn't stand out so to me as long as he doesn't do that then you can put him on the floor keep the floor spacing there especially on a night when you're down Covington down Batum down Melton for half the night um they needed some minutes and like I said he didn't stand out defensively so that's
1: Good. Defensively, since you talk about their defense so much, getting off to the slow start that they did in the first quarter, where I think it was 8-2. Mm-hmm. and I think it was an 8-0 run. 8-0 run. Yeah, yeah it was 8-0 8-2. Start. Yep. Yep. And then the Sixers wind up turning around, and they finish with a lead in the first quarter. What did, what did you make of their defense tonight? On Towns, Edwards specifically, but overall to – overcome the runs of course yeah. from Minnesota where they did regain the lead in the third quarter but also the start where I thing they were just 0 for 7 missing shots the only points came from Joel Embiid at the free throw line your thoughts on the defense
0: no I mean they were real aggressive in trying to double Edwards and get the ball out of his hands and at times Edwards is good enough where he's going to find his spots but I didn't feel like he felt really comfortable at any point and especially in a game like this where you don't necessarily have the most natural of one-on-one defender to match up with, with Edwards, um, Kelly, I thought, did a, a reasonably good job one-on-one, but really what I thought was they were real connected as a team, real good at, at sending help his way whenever he tried to put the ball on the floor, and real good at rotating back. You know, I think when the Sixers have struggled this year, it's when they are aggressive and aren't able to rotate back, um, and I, I thought they just did a good job communicating, a good job really getting out the shooters, running them off the line. This is a game where they didn't get... You know, they need to send a lot of double teams both to towns, especially to Edwards, uh, and that didn't end up killing them because of that. And also, they forced uh, you know the Wolves into 18 turnovers, helped them get out in transition. Um, I just thought, in terms of activity and connectiveness and communication, I thought it was a really good performance.
1: Really good performance uh, out in transition. Six is four for seven with nine points. The Wolves six for 12 with 14 points in the paint. 58 to 48 advantage. Minnesota, 15-10 second-chance points advantage the Sixers there as they collected seven offensive rebounds and made uh pretty good opportunities there for themselves. Only lost the rebounding battle by 3-39-36. A lot of that good news comes from the fact yep. that you didn't get a lot of consistent Rudy Gobert tonight, who was one of the better rebounding big men, as mm-hmm. we know. Not, that, not able to stay on the floor.
0: Yeah, there was that one stretch in, the, I think, the start of the third quarter uh, when the Wolves made their little run there and took the lead where the Sixers were giving up some a lot of offensive rebounds, second chance points. Outside of that, I thought they did a pretty good job of uh, containing that.
1: Yeah, on one possession, I, I think it was Rudy Gobert's um, two-point push shot there along, over Embiid mm-hmm. because of an offensive rebound. Then they had another yep. uh, opportunity on the offensive rebound. I think they hit a perimeter perimeter jumper. But when we're looking at uh, what what the Sixers were able to do and having some issues with some of the others, though, some Foul trouble for B, foul trouble for Tyrese Maxey. And we can't ignore, we've talked for 42 minutes and we basically ignored Tobias Harris tonight outside of a couple of things. First, I want to ask you about the coaching staff deciding, smartly I thought, the way they were overplaying Tyrese Maxey because he was hot in the second quarter and still playing pretty well in the third. The coaching staff making the adjustment that now they're going to run that patented dribble handoff on the right side with Harris instead of Maxi because of how they were playing, trying to mm-hmm. keep the ball out of his hands. What did you think of that adjustment? And they were positive plays there that Matt Harris Look, made.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Look, did Tobias have a good game? No. What do he end up shooting from the floor? Four, uh, for, four ten. for 10 from the field, nine, nine points. points. No one's going to write home about that. We're not going to have a Tobias Harris victory tour. That being said, like in the first half Tobias in the first quarter, missed two shots in a row. I, leaned over to Kyle and said he's done we're not going to see any more of Tobias he came out in the second half and he was at least aggressive like you said a lot of it coming off of dribble handoffs he had that one dunk he had a couple more good like attempts at the rim layups that he just missed I think one of them led to a offensive rebound and some second chance points but he was attacking in the second half again were the decisions perfect no did the shots go in no but I would much rather complain about a guy who took, what did he you take, maybe seven shots in the second half? I think mm-hmm. he only had three at halftime. Maybe he had four. But a guy who takes six or seven shots in the second half and is, is trying to find his spots. If he misses, fine. At least he's attacking. Still only one three. And that's gonna drive me insane, especially when you're you're Embiid and Maxi are gathering so much attention. But I can't believe I'm I'm yeah butting a one three-point attempt game from Tobias Harris. At least he was aggressive off the dribble handoffs he really was uh, he just took three shots a couple days ago so like f- faint praise but he was more aggressive
1: yeah five points at the half at five shots how did he half. only take
0: one three-pointer come on tobias and he come didn't on, take man. one in. The, killing in the,
1: he me. didn't take one in the second half no did not take one in the second half so there's there's that you were you were going positive and you stayed there and then you said all right I, I just can't understand I mean, I, why he did not take. I do have multiple
0: than, notes in my 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 notes application of hey at least he's attacking. Hey, there's a dribble handoff. He's putting pressure on the rim. Like I will take that. It's, 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 because
1: those were good plays. Those were good. Those yes. are things that we also point out. It was just the total package. It just wasn't all the way there. Yeah
0: like, he's had, I think, like, six games in the last ten where he's taken one three-pointer. It's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing?
1: How how much can they survive like this, where they have to have their two guys score 86 points, and they score overall in the game uh, of 100 and uh, 127? How how often can they survive? By the way, you mentioned it. They're doing, they did this against the number one defense in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And that's great for those two. That's great for the team, because they still got the victory and they're 19 and 8. So, they pick up a win, but We've talked about it before where, yes, the good part is you saw that your two-star players, your, all, your, your MVP, your, your great player, and your budding star there in Tyrese Maxey, that they can step up in the moment in that, with that challenge against a very good team and, again, the best defense in the NBA and put on this type of performance, put on this type of showcase. But then you have to look at it and say, forget about the trade deadline because it's not here. You have to talk about what they currently have. And with that, Derek, again, how 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 sustainable is this? Fifty one, you're not going to get that. Thirty five, you're not going to get that. You're probably going to get thirty five and twenty five. Yeah. So once again, your thoughts just simply on it. They're getting away with it. But how much can they get away with this?
0: So, the Sixers scored 124 points per 100 possessions, had 124 offensive rating. That is the fifth worst game of the season defensively for the Wolves. Objectively, it was a very good performance, but you needed ungodly performances from Embiid and Maxi to get there. And it's great. My biggest takeaway from the game is that it is fantastic that Embiid and Maxi are able to do this because that is what we have been. Building towards for literally the entirety of Joel Embiid's career to have a partner, a running mate who plays off of Embiid so well that you can have a game like this, where you have a chance to build something around your two tentpole stars that actually fit together, and there's a, a there's a you know a blueprint in place now that you can envision something greater. And they showed that, and it's great. And they showed it against the highest level of competition you can find defensively, and that's great. You need somebody else to join them. You need somebody else to just be an unconscious three point shooter and just take any shot that's available to them. You need somebody else who can create off the dribble or create for their teammates because you're going to have down nights. You're going to have times in a series where a team schemes to take it out of Tyrese Maxey's hands or make it tough for him. They can't. You can't have your th- your third leading scorer or your is he still yeah he's still our third yeah, leading scorer right sixteen 16? yeah and your second highest paid player taking one three and 10 shots. Like, you just need more consistency from somebody in that lineup. So I think it's great that Embiid and Maxey were able to show what they're capable of as a tandem. But, yeah, you need, I think think they need, if Tobias Harris isn't going to be it, and I don't think he's going to be, you know, I've I've mentioned this before, but he's not, he doesn't fit any role really all that well. As a role player, he's just too gun-shy, and you need somebody who's just going to you know, take that space, launch threes, and really provide gravity. Devi- Tobias Harris doesn't provide gravity. He's also not good enough or a good enough decision maker to really run your offense through. So it's like, what are we, what are we really doing here? Um, no, I think they need help. I think it's, I think this game, like I said, shows the blueprint. But I'm not comfortable asking Embiid and Maxi to score eighty freaking points to no. give you a chance to win.
1: No, you're looking for eighty between three you instead t- of. <laughs>
0: It, I would just like another option in case Maxi has an off night or Embiid has an off night or any if somebody gets yeah. in foul trouble. No, like you just, just, there's like, no look,
1: if Embiid is going to give you his average of thirty four, and you say, "All right, Maxi, let's not give him twenty five every night," even though that is his average, you get twenty and twenty from both Maxi and Harris. You're probably in a good space towards the fourth quarter where you're saying this this team has a chance to win this particular game, whatever game that is, because you're getting that seventy five points between your yeah. three players. And
0: like uh, 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 this is maybe a perfect example with with the Wolves. A great defensive team in the playoffs, you give them seven games, they're going to find a way to take one of your stars out for a game or two. Not for a seven-game series because both teams make adjustments. But at one point, Tyrese Maxey or Joel Embiid just going to hit a wall because the other team threw something at them they weren't expecting. But when that wall happens, you need two things. First of all, you need your coaching staff to adjust and figure out a new game plan. That might take a little bit of time. But you also need a third option who can credibly then exploit a weakness. Because whenever you double-team Joel or double-team Tyrus Maxey, take the ball out of their hands, hands, you're giving somebody else an opportunity. And you need somebody else who is capable and willing and confident enough to take advantage of that to run them out of that scheme. And right now, you just have no confidence of Tobias Harris getting the ball, realizing, hey, they're loading up on Embiid and Maxey. I need to do something and running them out of it. It's just not happening.
1: Let me go to the other side with the Tobias Harris piece. What if I'm arguing he's not getting enough opportunities? If I'm playing devil's advocate, what's the argument of, again, he's not getting enough opportunities. The offense is not allowing him to shine. What do you say?
0: I don't buy it. I just I, I just don't buy it. I, I mean, there's so many opportunities where he catches the ball and just swings it around. So many three-point shots that he doesn't take advantage of. Um, so many times where, like, when Embiid's on the bench, go to work. Uh, no, I don't. Like if, this and that's his opportunity, the, especially. This is a name that the um that the chat's going to bring up a lot, Bogdanovich. If he's sitting there flying off screens at hundred miles an hour, at the very least, that's providing gravity and sending you know defenders running across the court and making Embiid's life easier. Tobias is just standing, and maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he's not getting the opportunity. Well, if that's the case, I want somebody with elite-level gravity standing around, so at least there's a defender standing there with him. Or in Bogdanovich's case, a defender running off of a screen, running at 100 miles an hour, and not in position to provide help defense. If what you're saying is true and Tobias isn't getting the opportunity, then he's still not making the most of it because he doesn't have the gravity to make the defense bend.
1: And and you also know that Bogdanovich is going to get at least... Five, six, three-pointers up in this offense with Max in, yeah. and Embiid on the floor. Imagine Passing him J.J. Those
0: Redick right now. Like, Would he be like, oh, man, the ball didn't find me? Like, No, he'd be running around through all kinds of screens, uh, pin downs, floppy. He'd be doing something to get himself open. Or even if he doesn't get the ball, like I said, he's bringing that defender with him and he's making Embiid and Max life easier. Tobias just doesn't have enough gravity to be a low-usage stand-in-the-corner, don't-move-don't-touch-the-ball role-player.
1: All right, man. Well, listen, we'll get to Kyle shortly when he joins us from the arena. Toronto is the next opponent that's on Friday. The Raptors coming into town. Raptors tonight falling to the Denver Nuggets Is going to here and do his
0: job, or is he just going to well, avoid know, us all game? He's got to find out what's going on with the Anthony Melton. Well, yeah, I hope he does. Yeah, you know, locker room. If you're, you you're going to ghost me, then you better at least get the Melton
1: news. 113-104 <laughs> Denver over the Toronto Raptors. Raptors right now 11-16, and 3-7 in their last 10, Derek. And we've seen them already a, a number of times this season. We know who the team is. We know what the team is. They're not very good. We expect them to beat this team. We talked about at. at we expected two and one on this home stand, just yeah. because. And maybe one, maybe the loss was to Minnesota. Well, they beat Minnesota. They lost to Chicago. Now it's time to take the win against Toronto on Friday night. Another opportunity, maybe shorthanded, may have a few guys back. We don't know, but Toronto is the next opponent.
0: No, I mean, look. If you would have told me, because I think you're right, two and one was probably what we were expect- expecting. We would have said, you know, win against the Bulls, win against Toronto, lose against the Wolves. Well, I will take a win over the Wolves to show what you're capable of. 100%. Because you're going to have off nights like against Chicago. You're going to have games where the other team just comes in and is a little hungrier. It's a long 82-game season. It's going to happen. I would rather they showcase their upside and their ability to execute against not only a great defense but a tough matchup. Uh, I'll take this. Yeah. And they have to finish it off with a win against the Raptors. They're clearly a more talented team. The Raptors are struggling. But I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I the way we talked about it on Monday when they lost to Chicago, we often I often say and you know I'll get these guys in on it, but they say I say it differently. We all agree it's how it happened. And, and when soon as we were soon as we were done watching that game on Monday, Derek was like. This was a frustrating game <laughs> you yeah. know, to watch how they lost because of what they did. He said it on the show when we came on and did our post-game show because it was a frustrating way to lose that basketball game, especially when you had opportunities. Close game, thought they might have won a little bit differently, but since it was close, they had an opportunity, got, uh, what, two points. They had, a, they had the ball in their hands and ball slips out. Other possessions before that, questionable things happened there. But when you bounce back and you beat the team with the best record in the league, the best defense in the league, a budding superstar, potentially, and Anthony Edwards with how he plays, the back line that they have of Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, let's not forget about Nas Reed. That's a very, very good win in this one that you take, and then you just make sure that you don't give it up when facing the Toronto Raptors on your home floor. The getaway game of your three-game homestand before you go on the road for four or five games over this Christmas and New Year's uh, trip that you make sure you get the W against a team that you should beat against the Toronto Raptors. So I'll take any combination of Chicago and Minnesota and Minnesota and Toronto over Chicago and Toronto just because you want it, again, coming off of the stretch of beating Washington and Detroit, twice each, Yep. you want to see them play against a much better opponent and show up and win. And this was a revenge game, remember, folks, and B didn't play in that first matchup in Minnesota. And they handled the Sixers very, very well. The Sixers, though, tonight, shorthanded without two of their rotational players, a starter and Batum. Same for uh, Robert Covington coming off the bench and then losing Melton in-game and then not having any other double-figure scores. This was a very, very impressive win. I'll take the combination, although they have to follow up and do it on Friday. I'll take the combination of this win on Wednesday with one of the other twos on the front or back end, and now it has to be the one on the back end. Could One of the better wins for this team this season.
0: Yeah, and look, people made a big deal about their... You know, beating the horrible opponents, some of the worst opponents you've ever seen. I mean, when the stretch started, I think the graphic we put up at the beginning was Cakewalk. We expected them to be able to, you know, feast during that six-game stretch. But they also have a number of very good wins over the course of the season two. Uh, I mean, they, they beat Boston. They beat the Pacers. They won this one here. Like, they've had a number of pretty good wins really here have. over really good competition. And even the opener against the Bucs, uh, they were, you know, a possession away from winning that one. So, yeah, they feasted on the dregs of the league, but they've also come out here and shown what they're capable of. And you need more contributors. We will spend the next two months debating whether or not that means you go star hunting or role player hunting. But I think, like I said, this game, to me, was all about the foundation and showing what the blueprint is and what they're capable of. And now let's get pieces to uh, supplement that.
1: And before we hear, well, the Wolves are not that good, it's just early in the season, well, that's when you're evaluating it, when it happens in the moment. And in the moment, they're the best team in the league, best record, and they had a three-game advantage in the West over the
0: second-place team. They're that good. I mean, they're one of the if, if they're not, I think, honestly, they're the favorite for me to end up with the best defense in the league throughout the course of the season. I just think they have enough talent on that end. But they're certainly one of the handful of best defenses in the league, and they have a rising star in Edwards. Um, maybe they will come down like, are they going to be the best team in the West all season? I'm not going to tell you that, but they're a very legit defense, a very legit team. That is a good quality win for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Yeah, And I see the one, I just went back in the chat just to kind of see where some of the people were on Tobias Harris and I see the Bogdanovich one that you're talking about uh, there. I mean, there's just
0: been a lot of Bogdanovich chat uh, comments in the chat.
1: And and here's the other thing I wanted to say, because as we're talking and people are commenting on what we're talking about, this is what I loved of watching before I arrived and watching even when I got here, sitting here with you all, sitting here with Derek and Kyle every day, can't wait to work with Rich, is that – while we're doing everything we're doing and talking about all that we're discussing about the game, reading your comments about what took place in the game also, I also love how you all just go after each other and have these great conversations on the side about Bogdanovich. And then it goes to, I saw, I don't know who Gordon is. It's not Aaron Gordon, but talking about Gordon and getting into, uh, speaking about Jaden Ivey also and, and mixing, and that's the community that, Derek and Kyle were building before I got here, and I, I hope that I'm able to add to it as we all come together and have these discussions five days a week, after games, in the offseason, all that stuff. That's the fun stuff to watch, man, to see everybody going after each other in these comments about so many different things. And, and that's the beauty, again, of, of being able to sit here with you all as we have these fun discussions, these good, di- this good dialogue that we have with you here on the PHLY Podcast.
0: We do have one more super chat here from Furious. He asks, if Melton is out for an extended period of time, could we see a to Smith call up? First of all, I want to say we don't don't have the update on Melton because Kyle decided not to show up for work today. So we will see whether or not um, it doesn't sound like it is thought to be serious. So I don't think he's going to be out for an extended period of time, but it would be great to be able to talk to the reporter we have down at the game. Yeah, I guess we're asking for a little bit too much. <laughs> no, I'm just k- – look, Kyle is trying to get into the Joel Embiid post-game uh, press conference. Joel Embiid, if you've never covered the uh, – I mean, I guess how Some many – He is always very slow getting to the podium. Uh, so I, I certainly understand that. Um, and you can't you can't skip a Embiid press conference to go talk to these two bozos up here. It's, so I'm only giving t- you know Kyle a little bit of grief. It's often like
1: when we're watching the Eagles, um, P-H-L-Y Eagles, and oh, is he actually here? And, and oh, there, there you go. Know, Ask wait, and you shall receive. They're waiting on on Zach, and Zach is trying to get you know some information from Nick Sirianni. He's trying to get Jalen Hurts because he apparently takes a while, also. So sure, you sure, understand.
0: Sure. Going back to it, no, I would not expect to see a a Turk call up. I just don't think Nick Nurse is going to trust him at this point.
1: By the way, I'll be on the Phly Eagles podcast tomorrow morning, Derek. Okay. Yeah, I get to get my football fix in.
0: What is that? Is that like 10 a.m.? 10 a.m.? Oh, man. So I'll be here when you guys
1: get here. I'll be ready for our 2.30. So 10 a.m. and 2.30 tomorrow, I'll be on the PHLY Eagles podcast with Bo and Zach. I look forward to that. I haven't talked birds all season. And, boy, after three straight losses, I have thoughts. I have thoughts, and then I'll be with my guys. I'll be right here with both Derek and Kyle and right now we head to the arena we check in with Kyle from the center as the Sixers have a very very impressive win tonight over the Minnesota Timberwolves Kyle this was a really really good win over again record wise the best team in the league and stat wise the number one defense in the NBA
2: Yeah, fellas, I know I made you wait for a long time because I heard Turquayvian Smith brought up as I was (laughs) talking So You know that it's been a long post-game session for you guys. So uh, I apologize for the wait, but obviously had to wait for the the reigning MVP to make a rare appearance at the podium. I know Derek has waited a long time along with me at at many Embiid press conferences over the years. But, uh, yeah, to your point, I mean... Not a whole lot to say other than awesome performance from Joel Embiid. I, and look, I think Joel is obviously the headliner, rightfully so, scores 51 against number one defense in the NBA, which I feel like I tweeted that out four or five times already tonight, rightfully so. To me, just as impressive a performance for Tyrese Maxey to have to deal with guys like Jaden McDaniels, to have to beat McDaniels and then see Rudy Gobert at the rim they have Ant-Man on him at times. Like That's a tough, tough team for someone like Maxie to go up against. And I thought after a kind of slow start for him, seeing him break through was just incredible.
1: And that's where we kind of started, Kyle, when we got things underway. We mentioned the fact that they both combined for 86 and helped lead them to the victory. But it was more that Maxie was more impressive of how he did it those two fourth quarter finishes against Gobert the and one where he was very animated to the crowd which we don't see very often from him hitting threes figuring it out as McDaniels Edwards I even mentioned Troy Brown with his length and his size chasing him around also what was it that really stood out for you Maxie against this defense?
2: So I honestly I wrote this th- almost exactly in the recap at all PHLY tonight that I saw some stuff from him in that game that honestly reminds me of Steph Curry and I know that he's drawn some comparisons just like age twenty three season here are the stats type stuff but watching him run through dribble handoffs with Paul Reed with Joel on the bench and seeing him like look he's got a bigger athletic defender on him. So the way he's gonna beat that guy is with speed and movement and making him chase him around. And I was really impressed with how Tyrese did that and navigated through screens offensively. And then certainly like with Joel in the game and with Gobert at the rim, it's super impressive to see him go from, look, the start of that game, he's taking reverse layups and taking crazy shots at the rim that looked like they had no chance of going in. And instead of essentially allowing Gobert to set the terms of the engagement He's going at his chest he's playing physical basketball he's going up like he's going to score at the rim not that he might score that he's going to score and i thought there was an attitude shift and one thing that joel mentioned toward the tail end of his press conference is that you know gobert was sitting on that pocket pass to Embiid in the pick and roll right and when he does that and he's turning him over what he's got to do is score and look to score and joel actually mentioned that Tyrese spent a lot of time working on his hang dribble this summer, that that's something that with Drew Hanlon and his trainers in the lab, that that was a point of emphasis. And he said, he said to Tyrese at one point, like, look, you got to trust that work. You got to trust what you've done with that hang dribble. And I thought there were a few moments in that fourth quarter where Gobert tried to sit on the pass, use the hang dribble, and then either right to the rim or into a step back. And so I, I thought that was a, I feel like I'm burying the lead to an extent, not talking about Joel, but awesome maxi game with a lot of the the signs of improvement and growth that we've talked about on the show a ton
0: i guess because we are over an hour into the show already we want to get this out of the way quickly uh what what's the latest you have on DeAnthony?
2: so it did not sound serious i know derek you tweeted out between the two of us that it was a thigh contusion essentially what nick told us was it was a knee into the thigh nothing more than that as far as we can tell Now, it seems like that's going to be very painful. And Nick actually said at the podium, it's probably going to be even more painful tomorrow than it is right now. So whether he misses a game, two games, or something like that, not really clear at this point. But I I think they probably avoided any kind of serious injury from what I can tell.
1: Well, I'll I'll go with um, with the other part. With him out, Patrick Beverly starting in that third quarter, not great to start. But I thought the second run that he had when he took over for Maxie with Embiid still on the floor, I thought that he gave really good minutes. And when you talk about playing up and not allowing that bounce pass on that pick and roll or that pick and pop, I thought, and I wrote it in my notes this exact way, that he was not deferring to uh, to Embiid on that. He kept his dribble alive, got to the basket, missed one, but it was the fact that he did it. And he also had a floater. And then you also saw the minutes that he had with K.J. Martin, where he hit him for two baseline opportunities, one resulting in two free throws, the other resulting in a a layup. I thought his minutes taking over from Melton in that third quarter, especially that second run towards the end of it, was really good.
2: Yeah. And I feel like we've talked about him quite a bit recently that we've gone from they desperately need a backup ball handler to, you know, Pat's been pretty good running the show and. Being the guy that Joel needs as just like a table-setting type player. I don't know what it's been. I know he had a chat with Nurse at some point to be more aggressive. Honestly, you brought up KJ. I was shocked to see him get fourth quarter, like finals five, six minutes opportunities tonight. Played reasonably well. Sat in that dunker spot and was a, a good drop-off target, obviously. But, yeah, I thought you know Nick pulled the right strings at the right times in this game he compared he said when they came out a little flat at the start of the third quarter what he said was look you you know this is a big game you get up for the first half and you're all revved up charged up you go into halftime and it's like all right I gotta find that again and he didn't feel like they they had that in the first few minutes and both Tyrese and Joel said that they recognized and were told by Nick Nurse like hey, it's time for you guys to go, and you guys have to lead. And so I think once Joel got going, once Tyrese started to become more involved with the offense, that everybody else sort of followed suit after that, and that goes along with the theme we've talked about a lot, that when the leaders of this team go out there and lead, I think all the other guys are inclined to match their energy and their effort.
0: Well, I think just wrapping up sort of like the – Injury situation, what's the status on Nico? Uh, do you think this is going to be a long term kind of thing?
2: Uh, I mean, I haven't heard anything to that effect. Obviously, most of the questions after the game were regarding the guy who scored 51 points, understandably right. so. I think we'll probably learn more about Batum maybe at practice tomorrow, assuming they have it because this team doesn't take days off unless they're. Oh, no, they're having it. Off they've, the already, they've already talked about it. Yep. Yeah, so I, I would expect we'll learn some more then, but nothing's been indicated to suggest that he's going to be out long term. But I, I would assume guy in his mid-30s, important role player, they're not going to overtax him with a, a soft tissue issue, I would say.
1: Well, I, th- I thought tonight would be a good night. Um, to start off the uh, Marcus Morris moment of the night, but we'll save that for another night to kick things off.
0: He had five points. I already told you hey, t- t- the moment. He had that steal in that corner three. No. I, that was a exactly.
2: moment. I, I leaned over to Derek in the middle of the game. I was like, ah, that's a candidate. Morris <laughs> the it's night. the only real and candidate. It's like he one. Moved. He, Derek was very upset that I even brought it up. So
1: I, I'll, I'll give you one, and then we can go. Here's the Marcus um, moment. Marcus Morris An moment An Hour and ten night.
2: minutes
0: into it, and you're trying to reach Stop. just to annoy me. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Plus twenty three game high for the Sixers <laughs> and 20 the 20 plus, game plus, plus minus. minus. Hey Kyle, we started off with a bang right there, man.
2: Plus twenty three. All right, <laughs> our guy, our guy on the podcast.
1: No doubt about it, Kyle. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. We we'll see you tomorrow at two thirty as we do our show right here.
2: See you guys tomorrow.
1: Thanks, man. Get home safely. Kyle Newbeck live from the arena. Fun times. We always got to get Derek on that. Derek, this was fun, man. Good win as we talked about it. We'll talk about it a little bit more and a little more in depth with some other things. Get more thoughts from Kyle tomorrow, 2.30, the PHLY Sixers podcast right here on our feed. You Make sure you check us out right here on the YouTube at our feed there or certainly wherever you get your podcasts. You want to thank the people. Um, take over for Kyle tonight and thank all the folks sure. that we have we did have some super chats that uh, I can let you know about
0: Dan, Brian, Dave, Moneymar. uh scroll up I actually don't have Jeff. I, I already closed my my Brian, window I have yeah, yeah, it. yeah, there you go.
1: Don't worry about it. We got we got all the folks Rich, Yams, Leonard, uh, uh we have Ramich in there, Dave Eugene Everybody that we uh, we love speaking with, and if we miss you, we apologize. Jeff, AC, Phila, all the good folks, we hope to see you tomorrow at 2.30. I'll be on the PHLY Eagles podcast with Bo and Zach. Talk a little, birds. Tough time right now, three in a row. We were frustrated after yeah. that loss, too, on Monday night. Great job, as always, producing. So the show, production excellence, great assist as always from Brianna, for Derek, and Kyle. I'm Devon. We will talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 right here on the PHLY Sixers podcast. Good night.
2: We all